0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians is very familiar. We may, as soon as we hear it, think of uh, a wedding, which we heard this, or just simply our own associations with the word charity. Encourage you to, to hear it in a, in a different way, perhaps, than you've heard it previously and think of what is it and what does charity actually consist? It's easy for us to think of giving away money as, well, that's what charity is. Um, part of it is, obviously, if we actually have charity, we will give what we have to others. But that's not, that doesn't um, explain it most fully. It's certainly not enough to simply say charity is my, uh, sentiment towards someone else, my kind disposition towards them. Then again, if I, if I really do have charity, um, I do have a good disposition towards others, but that's not all of it. Certainly it's, inadequate completely inadequate simply to say that i desire uh the good of the other right it's an act of my will and obviously charity does involve that to desire the good as an act of the will desire the good of the other even of my enemy now we can easily understand that well what do i what am i hoping for i'm hoping that they repent And I'm hoping that they come back to the church and I'm hoping that they apologize for all the harm that they've done to my loved ones and me. And so charity is charity in that sense is an act of the will can sometimes um, in isolation be actually quite um, quite condescending which is not to say that we don't pray for the conversion of people and that they um, come back to the church. But if that's our only approach to charity, it's gravely lacking. We can even think that charity means that I care about somebody else more than myself. And that's, again, that's lovely, but it's not. It, It seems at least from my vantage point right now, so utterly terrestrial because I don't even think we are asking the right question when we're saying, what is charity? St. John will reveal to us the real meaning of charity because charity isn't a question of what it's a question of who. If you have real charity, it doesn't mean that you have a polished soul. If you are full of charity, it means you are full of God If you are full of charity it doesn't mean that you're a thing upon which God has worked successfully. If you are full of charity it means God dwells inside of you. Now the the, the beauty of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, and St. John tells us very simply God is love. The love of God reflects through all of his creatures, but mostly obstructed. The kind of charity that's being described here, the kind of charity that is actually patient and kind and does not envy and isn't even puffed up or even ambitious or seeks her own or is provoked to anger or who even thinks evil, who doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but only rejoices with the truth that bears all things, that believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, never falls away. That's perfect charity. That's a soul completely in union with God. That's not simply an activity that you did because you decided to finally be perfect. No, it's what God accomplished when you finally stopped trying to be perfect on your own and you realized in humility that that we can do nothing of value on our own. The only thing that we can do which is of value is to open our hearts and our souls to God. And so, all the works of charity, all the deeds that are for the benefit of others, are important, <clears throat> but they may have only the most temporary of value unless they are done by someone who is actually filled with charity. You've heard it before, and I'll mention it again from the soul of the apostolate. All of the programs that we can do, and all of the activities, and all of the events, and all of the initiatives, they're just simply games. They're only gimmicks unless they are done by real apostles, unless they're done by people in whom God dwells by virtue of their schedule of life, by virtue of their morning meditation, by virtue of their mental prayer, then everything that they do has salvific value. And then the programs that they ought to do and the initiatives that are well designed won't only be temporarily beneficial. They will actually change other people's lives. So our... our, our, The apostle isn't telling us, be really, really kind or do everything for the good of others. Yes, be kind and yes, do good for the benefit of others. But he's saying, be transformed by the grace of God. Otherwise, it's all noise with a few days left before Lent starts it's good to be reminded of this again there's a quote from Soul of the Apostolate from Dom Chatard that I want to share with you actually printouts of it are in the lobby in the vestibule he's quoting um, a, a 19th century Spanish diplomat philosopher Cortes, who started his academic and professional life as a, as a real liberal and had a significant conversion in the course of his relatively short life and then he's going to quote um, Bishop uh, Jacques Benin Bousuet uh, whose name I apologize for mispronouncing but he's been dead for over 300 years so I don't think he minds too much Um, what's come to my attention, not only are his works being translated and published by Sophia Institute Press, but he continues to be regarded as quite possibly the finest preacher ever in the history of the church, even up against St. Augustine and St. John Chrysostom. He was alive from 1672 to 1704, again, relatively short life. And then he'll quote St. Augustine. Those who pray, said the eminent statesman Danosa Cortez after his conversion, quote, do more for the world than those who fight. And if the world is going from bad to worse, it is because there are more battles than prayers, unquote. Hands uplifted, said Boswet, quote, route more battalions than hands that strike, unquote. And in the midst of their desert, the solitary monks of Egypt often had burning in their hearts the fire that animated St. Francis Xavier. Quote, they seem to some, said St. Augustine, to have abandoned the world more than they should have. Videntur non nullis resumanas plus quam aporta deruise. Deseruise. But he adds, meaning St. Augustine adds, people forget that their prayers, purified by this complete separation from the world, were all the more powerful and more necessary for a depraved society. We set up a false dichotomy when we think that some people pray and other people work. No, rather everyone prays and everyone works. And those who work all the more need to pray all the more. Those who face greater challenges need greater charity. The monks and nuns pray the same office, they offer the same mass. Their work, that's what they love to do. Their work, the hard part, is their penance. That's their work. We similarly work and we pray. Hopefully during Lent we can learn how to do both better, not just one. but joined, joined at the altar and joined at the foot of the cross. Hopefully the body of Christ is strengthened by the prayers of all the sacrifices of all. Not that we are accumulating accomplishments to present to God, but rather we're we're stripping ourselves bare that he may find us posing no obstruction to the work of his grace.